you may be saying to yourself, that all sounds great, but then what do I do? If there's no solution that will make my negative emotions around my diabetes go away, then what do I do? And as a psychologist, how can you help me if you can't fix the problem? Now, I want you to rest assured that all hope is not lost. And even if you can't make your negative emotions around diabetes go away and there's no solution to fix them, that doesn't mean that you cannot get better. It's just a matter of reframing what getting better looks like. Welcome to the Diabetes Psychologist Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Heyman, and I invite you to join us as we talk candidly about the emotional challenges of living with type 1 diabetes. We'll give you actionable strategies to help you face these challenges head on, reduce your stress, and most importantly, live a full life without letting diabetes get in the way. Hey there, a quick question for you. Does type 1 diabetes make you feel stuck? Do you feel like type 1 limits you and makes it harder to do the things that you want to do? If so, I have a free guide that can help you get unstuck and become more flexible in your life with type 1 diabetes. To download your free copy, go to www.thediabetespsychologist.com backslash get unstuck. That's thediabetespsychologist.com backslash get unstuck. And be sure to follow me on Instagram at the Diabetes Psychologist for access to even more exclusive content. Hey there, welcome to the Diabetes Psychologist podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Heyman. On this episode of the podcast, I'm going to tell you all about the biggest mistake that I make as a diabetes psychologist, because I want to make sure you don't make the same mistake. Now, I'll be the first to admit that I make mistakes in my work. As much as I'd love to be perfect, I'm just not. While I think I'm pretty good at what I do, there are certainly some areas where I see room for improvement. Now, before I get too worried, please rest assured that the mistakes that I make in my work are probably not things that are obvious to an outside observer. But as a diabetes psychologist, I usually know what's going to be most helpful to my patients and what's not going to be helpful. And sometimes my instinct is to do the thing that's not the most helpful. I think I'm like most people in that I like to solve problems. When someone comes to me and they say, I'm having a problem, I want to do whatever I can to try to help them fix that problem. Now, you may be saying to yourself, isn't that your job? You're a psychologist. Aren't you supposed to be able to fix people's problems? And the answer is not quite. I really wish that I had the power to fix problems. That would make my life and hopefully the lives of my patients a whole lot easier if I had a pill or a magic wand that could just make problems go away. But unfortunately, I don't. I don't have the power to change thoughts. I don't have the power to change people's emotions. And I certainly don't have the power to make diabetes go away. My job as a psychologist is to help people to deal with the things that are happening in their lives around diabetes in the most effective way possible so they can do everything they want to do in their life without letting diabetes get in the way. And that's actually quite the opposite of solving problems and looking for solutions. And that leads me to the biggest mistake that I make as a diabetes psychologist. My instinct sometimes is to offer quick tips and solutions to try to make people's diabetes-related emotions go away. And if we try to do that and make that our goal, we are simply setting ourselves up for failure. 
when someone comes to me and they tell me they're having a really hard time dealing with diabetes burnout, my first instinct is to give them suggestions, tips, tricks to help them reduce their burnout. I may suggest things like mindfulness or deep breathing or progressive muscle relaxation or taking a diabetes vacation as a way to reduce those feelings of burnout in their life. And while these things may be helpful in the short term, these strategies are rarely effective in the long term. Usually, with these quick tips and tricks, people try them and they work for a while But then they end up reverting back to their burnout, back where they started, and they're just frustrated that they haven't made any progress. So looking for solutions may seem like the logical thing to do, but the reality is, if a problem doesn't have a solution, you end up making the problem even worse when you try to solve it, because you increase frustration and increase those feelings of hopelessness. I had a patient come to me recently, let's call her Sarah, who was feeling burnt out by diabetes. She was just over it. Her blood sugars were all over the place, and she felt like she was out of control. And those feelings of being out of control just wore her out. She felt like she was done with diabetes. When I asked Sarah what she really wanted and how her life would be different once her burnout goes away, she said immediately that she really wanted to start dating, but she felt like the burnout was getting in her way, that Because she felt so burnt out by diabetes, she felt that she couldn't give her all to a new relationship, and she didn't even want to try. As she was telling me these things, my mind automatically went into problem-solving mode. I started thinking, how what can I do and what can I tell her that will make her feel less burnt out? I asked her if she ever took a diabetes vacation to give herself some time away from diabetes in a safe way to help her kind of regain her confidence and regain her energy and feel less burnt out. I asked her if she'd ever practiced mindfulness or done deep breathing or done other things to relax herself around her diabetes so that she could feel more like she could handle it. And I also asked her about her diabetes management, thinking about, you know, if she maybe was on a hybrid closed loop pump, if that could be helpful for her or if using a different CGM would help her feel less burnt out. And I think that these are all really legitimate questions. But in the end, trying to make her burnout go away in the long term was a losing battle. Sure, some of my suggestions may have worked in the short term, no doubt. But in the long term, probably not. But before I was able to open my mouth, I thought back to what Sarah was actually asking for. While I'm sure she would love to find a way to make her diabetes burnout go away, What she's really looking for is for diabetes burnout not to get in her way. She recognizes there may be no way to get diabetes burnout to go away. But what she really wants is to be able to navigate her life and to be flexible in her life and to start dating even though she may be feeling burnt out. Notice there's a big difference there. What I just said isn't looking for a solution. There's no way to make diabetes burnout go away. Diabetes burnout, unfortunately, is a normal part of living with diabetes. Finding a quick fix and making diabetes burnout disappear just isn't realistic. You may be saying to yourself, that all sounds great, but then what do I do? If there's no solution that will make my negative emotions around my diabetes go away, then what do I do? And as a psychologist, how can you help me if you can't fix the problem? Now, I want you to rest assured that all hope is not lost. And even if you can't make your negative emotions around diabetes go away and there's no solution to fix them, that doesn't mean that you cannot get better. It's just a matter of reframing what getting better looks like. For the rest of this episode, 
I'm going to guide you along on a step-by-step process to help you see that while finding a solution to your diabetes-related emotions is not the best answer, that there is an answer. I'm going to tell you how to get there. I'm going to guide you along on a step-by-step process to help you see that while you may not be able to solve your diabetes-related emotions, all hope is not lost, and you can still live a full, flexible life, even if you can't make those emotions go away. The first step is to figure out whether the challenge you're having is a problem that you can solve or one that's just not solvable. Let me explain. Imagine you're driving home from work tonight, and on your way home, you get a flat tire. What do you do? Well, if it were me, I would probably pick up my phone and call AAA, and they would send a tow truck over to tow me to a tire shop. I would pay for a new tire, and within a couple of hours, I would drive home, no worse for the wear. Sure, I waste a couple of hours, and my bank account is a little bit lighter now. But other than that, my problem is fixed. Now think about how that might apply to diabetes. So let's say, for example, your blood sugar is high, and that's a problem. So what do you do about that? You have the power, you have the ability to take insulin to bring your blood sugar down. That's something that you have complete control over. You have the ability to pick up insulin, inject it into your body, and then wait some time. And when that happens, if all things go right, your blood sugar will come back to a normal range. I think that we can agree that things like a flat tire or high blood sugar are things that we have control over. Maybe not perfect control. We can't control exactly where our blood sugar lands, but we have control over doing the behavior and then having a result of that behavior come to be. We have control over doing the behavior and then seeing a result from that behavior. And this all makes perfect sense. But the challenge is, is when we take that same mindset and we start applying it to all areas of diabetes, especially the emotional aspect of diabetes, that's where we get ourselves into trouble. When we start looking at the challenging emotions around diabetes as a problem that we can solve, again, we set ourselves up for failure. So when you're looking at your challenges around diabetes and trying to figure out whether they're a problem that you can solve, ask yourself, will my behavior have an immediate impact on the problem? Will I be able to change things in the very short term? If the answer is yes, then by all means go for it. But if the answer is no, or the change will not be sustainable over time, then maybe we have to look for a different way of doing things. I think the second step is probably the hardest, and that's letting go of the belief that you have control over your emotions or that they're a problem that you can fix. This one's certainly challenging for me. When I'm sitting with someone who's really struggling with their diabetes, I want to do anything that I can to help them. I want to do everything that I can to fix their problem. And when I realize that I can't, sometimes I feel pretty helpless. But then I remember that I feel even more helpless when I try and try and try to fix something that can't be fixed. I feel frustrated and really helpless in those situations. And so by taking a step back and recognizing there are some things that can't be fixed, it actually gives me some freedom to work in some more creative ways. But remember, that desire to fix and find solutions is strong. And that's why I'm constantly pulled towards making that mistake. And I bet that you are too sometimes. And the final step is always keep the end goal in mind. For most people come to see me, yes, they want to get rid of their burnout or their anxiety or their frustration. Of course they do. But I always have to ask myself and ask them, Why do they want these things to go away? 
And usually it's because those challenging emotions are getting in their way and preventing them from doing something they really want to do in their lives. When we keep the end goal in mind, it actually helps a lot because it allows us to be a whole lot more flexible in how we address the challenge. When we looked at the emotion as a problem that had to be fixed, the only path to success was to make the problem go away or get rid of it. But when we keep the end goal in mind, it actually opens up a whole lot more paths to success because the goal is not getting rid of the problem. It's doing the thing that you really want to be doing. And there are a lot of ways to get there. And there's one more benefit I forgot to mention before about how this mindset can be helpful for you. When you look at diabetes and the challenges around diabetes as a problem that you can solve, and then you fail at solving them because solving them isn't possible, we tend to be really hard on ourselves. So if we're able to recognize that there are some challenges that are not solvable, then it allows us some room and some space to be easier on ourselves and to be more self-compassionate around our challenges because they are what they are and no matter what we do, we can't fix them. And that gives us some freedom in our lives, a freedom that may have been missing when we looked at the mental health challenges around diabetes as things that we can fix. So let's go back to Sarah, the patient I told you about a little earlier in the podcast. Sarah came to me because she was feeling burnt out by diabetes and overwhelmed and frustrated with everything the diabetes involved. And what was really bothering her, though, was that her burnout was preventing her from dating. She felt like she could not date until her burnout was behind her. And it was actually kind of funny because after several sessions, she said to me, you know what? I don't think it's possible for my burnout to go away. I know there's no magic pill and no magic wand to make it go away. So I just want to figure out how I can live well with the burnout and not let the burnout get in the way of my life. And once she realized that, something clicked for her. And she realized that it wasn't the burnout that was the issue for her. It was the thing that the burnout was preventing her from doing. If she could find a way to date, even though she's feeling burnt out, her goal would be accomplished. So that's exactly what we worked on. We helped Sarah find ways that she could date no matter how she's feeling about diabetes. We talked about ways that she could bring up diabetes on dates and how she could, you know, find the motivation to, you know, start new relationships without diabetes getting in the way and find the motivation to work on starting a new relationship without letting diabetes get in the way. And here's the cool thing. After working with her for a while, she stopped treatment and went out and lived her life. And she came back to see me a couple months later and was so excited because she started dating somebody new. And I said to her, you know, how are you feeling? How are you dating somebody new with your burnout? How is it working out? And she said, you know what? Once I was able to let go of trying to control my burnout, it actually decreased on its own because I was out there living my life. I wasn't focused on it. I was focused on doing the things that I wanted to do. And when I did that, the challenging parts of diabetes weren't so challenging anymore. They were still there, but I didn't think about them as much. And for me, that was a huge reminder that my goal for people is not to solve their problems. Even though that's my instinct and that's a mistake that I make often is to think about how do I solve the problem? My goal for people is to allow them to live a flexible life, even with the challenges that they have with diabetes. And if we approach diabetes and mental health with that goal, then things become a whole lot easier and a whole lot more flexible. We can become a whole lot more creative in how 
we deal with diabetes and mental health. I want to wrap things up by helping you think about how you can apply this to your own life and your own emotions around diabetes. First, I want you to be open to the possibility that there may not be a solution to the challenge that you're having. Once you're open to the possibility that there may not be a solution, it doesn't actually close the door on you. It actually opens up lots of other doors about how you can get to where you want to be. While before, there's only one option, get rid of the problem. Now there are many options. Once you're open to the possibility, let go of control. Just kind of let yourself stop trying to control things. And this can be challenging. And this is really challenging because it means being uncomfortable. One of the reasons why we try to control things is because we're trying to control our emotions. You know, if you're trying to control your burnout, you don't want to feel burnt out. And so you're trying to push it away, push it away, push it away. And while that doesn't actually work very well, we tend to think that it does. So letting go and allowing those difficult emotions to be there can be really challenging. But I also know that it can be really effective. And then the third step is practice, practice, practice with patience. This stuff is difficult and it takes practice. Looking at other ways when you've been trying to solve a problem for such a long time, allowing that problem to be there and not try to solve it is a really big mind shift. And so it takes practice and it also takes patience. Just like I revert back sometimes to trying to solve problems for my patients, I have no doubt that you'll revert back to trying to solve problems for yourself as well. And that's okay. I don't want you to beat yourself up over that. I want you to recognize it for what it is. But once you recognize what you're doing, just bring yourself back and keep on practicing letting go of that control, but also focusing on the end goal. And by doing that over and over again, you'll get to where you want to be, I promise. I always love hearing from my listeners. To get in touch, you can find me on Instagram at the Diabetes Psychologist or send me an email to mark at the diabetespsychologist.com. You can also find me on the web at the diabetespsychologist.com. That does it for this episode of the Diabetes Psychologist podcast. If you like what you heard and this was helpful for you, I would really appreciate it if you would leave a five star rating and post a review on iTunes. That helps me get the word out about this podcast so that as many people as possible with type 1 diabetes can benefit from it. And be sure to tune in next Thursday for a brand new episode of the Diabetes Psychologist Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. For more resources, you can visit www.thediabetespsychologist.com and be sure to sign up for the email list for access to exclusive content. I'm Dr. Mark Heyman, and tune in next time for the latest episode of the Diabetes Psychologist Podcast. Yeah.